0: Dear listeners, welcome back to the Digital Adoption Show by WhatFix. We are those folks who practice and preach a lot about digital adoption. And uh, in our journey so far, we have hosted luminaries and influencers and discussed how they have helped companies upskill their human resources, train them, and how they have successfully helped in making the workforce a better possible version of themselves. So I'm your host, Gokul Suresh from WhatFix. And it's my pleasure today to welcome our guest, Mark Namath. Senior Director of Learning and Innovation at PDC. So with over a decade of experience in learning and development, Mark brings to us today's collective knowledge in employee training and organization development, uh, talent development, instructional design, and a and, and lot more, right? So prior prior to PDC, Mark has also led teams at MathWorks and Experian. Mark, welcome to the Digital Adoption Show and uh, really excited to you know, for this conversation today and uh, to learn more from your experience and uh, the amazing organization that you work with. Go, go, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Awesome. So Mark, before we kickstart the podcast, I'm sure there's plenty to add on your introduction side, right? So what else would you want to share about you and your interest for the audience?
1: Oh I would just say I'm a, a lifetime learner. I think my first training job was when I was 13 years old and I discovered that I I learn best by by teaching and and having to explain it to others and I am I'm honored to have had the good fortune to find my passion. So
0: yeah and I'm really curious from your background is your passion also you know working on the collectibles. I see a DeLorean there. I see, you know, so many amusing things there, right? I mean, what about that?
1: So I think we spend so much time online these days and and so much time trying to connect with others in a very human way through a digital world. And one way that I've tried to do that is by visually sharing a few things about myself that can kind of be consumed by the, the viewer at their leisure. So behind me, there's a, a series of books. Reading is a passion of mine. And I try to keep the, the titles on rotation to occasionally spur conversation. I am a, a child of the 80s. I'm a, a lover of, of 80s fan films. And so the, the DeLorean and the, and the concept of going back and, and changing things has always been fascinating to me. I've had a very kind of twisted, unique journey, road, many adventures along the way. And, and so I'm often reminded that if I could go back and change things, I probably wouldn't because I love, I love where I am now. And uh, the, the last piece is, is uh, I have a, a globe back here and, and the letters OTD for organizational and talent development. And it's a, it's a good reminder every day that we really are a global company, but we are kind of one world coming together. And especially these days, all experiencing the same thing with, with COVID and to use that as an opportunity for further connection. So-
0: so I, I, I think each and everything in the background, it's curated for, and it's meaningful, right? I mean, that's the, that's the whole gist which I'm getting over here. Amazing, man. I mean, love. It's, it's a pure icebreaker, I would say, right? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Mission accomplished then. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, just, just a prelude to what Digital Adoption Show is all about, right? So we are kickstarting uh, yet another season of the Digital Adoption Show now. And uh, mm-hmm. you're one of the first few guests uh, for this year. And, uh, you know, interestingly, I was looking through your background and I saw that you joined PTC about 10 months back. Just That's just after the pandemic kicked in, right? Yes. And uh, so definitely in a challenging role during a challenging period, right? So how has how that worked for you? And uh, especially with the entire remote setup across the world? So I think,
1: first of all, I I wasn't looking to change jobs during a pandemic. It wasn't like during a global crisis. You're like, you know what? It just makes sense to make a career change. However, I, I was really inspired by PTC and what PTC does. And being a very transparent person by nature and also being someone that is very often in a new hire orientation, explaining what a company does to new employees. It was very important for me to work for a place that I really believed in and that I really thought is making the world a better place. And PTC is absolutely doing that. It, its whole mission, its whole drive is to empower the creators in the world with better tools to create what the world needs. And so, especially in in a global pandemic, it was a a stress reliever to wake up every morning and and to know that our combined efforts are are going towards that end. Secondly, I'm a lover of technology and, and as a teacher, I'm always looking for ways to use technology in new ways to reach the audience. And PTC is doing the exact same thing with our customers and through our customers to their customers. So things like augmented reality and virtual reality and being able to bring key information to people where they are in their moment of need for that information is exactly the same thing that I strive to do every day. And so it really felt like a wonderful connection between personal passions and personal interests and company's mission and vision. So that's, that's what inspired me to, to make the change. And, and honestly, I have found that to be true every day since I've joined. So I'm, I'm honored to be part of the team.
0: I'm really happy for you, man. And I, I think, you know, the passion meets purpose thing, right? I mean, that's, that's ultimately it.
1: You know, it's, it's, it's funny because there's so much in the media around passion. Live your passion, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Right? And in my experience, that's a bit unfair to get all that media coverage because it creates an amazing amount of pressure on, on folks to evaluate everything that they, that they do professionally. And do I really love it or do I kind of like it or am I doing it for a paycheck, right? In my personal experience, and this is just me personally, I have found that finding your passion in your first job is like finding true love in high school you know, or, or early school like lightning may strike and you might find the love of your life at a very early age and that relationship is meant to be for the rest of your life and if that's the case great if not i know i had date a fair amount of people and give myself a fair amount of time to learn what i was really looking for in true love and I'm very fortunate to have found the love of my life when I'm married and, and have two kids. So, so I'm very fortunate there. But very similarly in our careers, I think you just need to go and get a job and, and start to experience the things that you like and you don't like. And then start to build a list of things that you like and try to make your next job have more of a percentage of the things you like. And eventually I think you get to the point where you're like, okay, now I know kind of the work that'll really be passionate for me and then you can drive professional development in that direction. So
0: yep. totally. I mean I, I love that answer by the way, Mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's inspiring, you know? <laughs> you know. All right.
1: It's as 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 often as as we we speak. And and you know, learning and development is a mm-hmm. is inspiration. It is that that is our craft is inspiration, right? Our calling is to uh, change behavior in, in staff, either change it if they're doing the right things to do more of those right things. Right? Or if it's they're, they're not doing the things that we think would bring the results that we would like to see as a business to help redirect those behaviors, right? Either way, it's inspiration. And in my, again, my humble experience, but if you're going to be inspiring, you need two things. You need an emotional connection with your audience and you need a very clear call to action. And so of all the world of corporate training that is out there, I personally have focused more on kind of the topics that HR and, and people teams Focus on as far as people's skills because they're not job specific, they're not company specific. And so I find I have a bit of an easier time in the inspiration department because these skills will help you wherever you are and you will have an emotional connection to wherever you are in your life. And it's a very clear call to action if you can break down that behavior into bite-sized chunks to say, this is what you need to do in order to, you know, kind of get where you want to go in your life. So all of that back to say, I'm so glad that you find it inspiring because that's, that's my measure for success
0: yeah absolutely and you know I, I love the way how you actually uh bought in some part of blended learning some part of micro learning and the different learning aspects also in the conversation so far I mean I don't know maybe it's unconscious but uh, it just happened <laughs> I,
1: I I I dream in this stuff so
0: <laughs> it's yeah
1: we 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 work in an amazing field
0: yeah yeah absolutely so yeah, I, I, that brings me to the same, a similar question, right? So the different types of learning methodologies that you adopt at PTC, hmm. right? What yes. works over there? I mean, what, what all are the different uh, methodologies that you guys vouch for or, or, you know, pretty much has been successful at your end?
1: So it really, it really is a blend. And we, we have a bit of kind of an R&D lab within learning and development where we are testing out new learning modalities to see if they work with this population. Corporate populations are very diverse. And as a result of that, you really need not only a diverse offering of learning modalities, to your point, you need them blended in the offerings that you have. So baseline, are, you know, our our written learning modalities and and visual learning modalities in a 2D space. So everything should be able to be consumed in a written format. So this is the articles and the how-tos and guides and all the rest of that stuff. And all of that should be translated into local language. So we're, we're working to make sure that one central file of whatever that we're talking about can then be referenced in a local language. The second thing is we have a lot of visual learners. So that same kind of concept will go into then a, a small video and it will say the same thing. It will just have a little bit of background music and a little bit of, of graphic to go with it for those that consume it that way. We then have open office hours, depending on topics. So if learners prefer to consume information socially, and and have that connection and be able to bounce ideas off of other people in the room, we do that. And we offer those office hours at, at different times around the world, so that no one feels beholden to someone else's Time zone. After kind of those basics, and there's a lot of content management and, and knowledge management, just to make sure that the right kind of concepts are in those levels, we then start to add some newer ones. Right? So the concept of a podcast, you know, strictly auditory. And, and in this case, not only auditory, but kind of in these bite-sized chunks, we are starting to roll out. It was kind of a default before I started that any live meeting where it was expected that all of the information that people would need would be presented in that meeting, it would simply be recorded in in Teams or Zoom and that link would be published. And the feedback came back that that was like watching a two hour movie with no plot. People couldn't find where the key information was. It got really boring really fast to try to find it. And so now we are not only adding transcription to those recordings so that people can hop from from topic to topic and kind of smartly scan through all of the content in those, but we are taking that content out and turning it into uh, podcasts. And what we're finding is that's actually a wonderful medium to highlight themes across meetings or across internal conversations as they apply to whatever subject that we're talking about. The the other two areas that I would mention is augmented reality and virtual reality. So in a world where it doesn't matter where you physically are, as long as we can connect to, <laughs> to your, yeah. your brain, right? There are some things that are just good to see physically in front of you. So for example, when we talk about uh, creating a vision and a mission and a purpose statement for your team, we use the analogy of a mountain and climbing a mountain and the vision is at the top. And we talk about how goals can be like base camps to try to, you know, get you up the mountain and coordinating teams in order to reach that. It's one thing to say the concept of a mountain. It's another thing to have a three-dimensional model of a mountain in front of you, in your living room, wherever you are that you can kind of walk around and you can see one member of your team might be coming to this mountain from one side and see certain aspects of this, of this vision and the work to be done. And somebody else could come to the other side and see a different aspect of it. And, and we are all climbing our own personal mountains. So there's, everyone's got their own unique you know, views into, into this illustration. And so where it is helpful To take that from 2D to 3D, we try to do as much as possible because there's just a more of a personal sense that that this concept is mine and I can own it if I can, if I can bring it into my world, literally. And the last area, there's so many, but just (laughs) off the top of my head is, is virtual reality. And... I'm really excited for the virtual reality space and the kind of the XR space in general. And Microsoft just announced Mesh and some amazing things going on there. In virtual reality, we not only have the ability to connect people wherever they are into a digital space and have people put on headsets and see their teammates' avatars in the same digital room. You know, and, and have a digital whiteboard and have conversations as if you're in person. But also, you can experience situations that either you would normally experience, but may not see it from a certain angle, or you may not experience. It, right? So, an example of seeing things from a different angle is we are working as part of all of our learning efforts to talk about bias and to talk about psychological safety and, and to talk about how you know, we really need to grow in our consciousness of our, of our biases and how they affect our work. We're creating a virtual reality experience where you can experience a meeting from someone else's point of view. And through that experience, you can see some of the many, many microaggressions that can be happening in that room, but you may not notice them per se if, if they're not targeted against you, right? And so that kind of experience helps you change your perspective, helps expand your perspective and hopefully increase your emotional intelligence. Other situations where you might not be in that room, it's not changing your perspective, it's giving you a, a view into a room you're not in is a leadership development. new manager training. We often joke that that management is the one job that we kind of tell you nothing about until you're already in the job. And so how can anybody who has never been a manager like consciously make a decision of, yes, I want to be a people manager, right? So we're using virtual reality to record some first-person experiences where the viewer plays the role of a manager and has to have a difficult conversation, has to have a performance review, has to you know, be there as a, as a support in the right way for a staff member that's going through something difficult in their lives. And it allows our leadership development program participants to see a very accurate experience and interact with a very, a very personal way what the work is to be a people manager without having them to be actually in the room witnessing a private confidential conversation between a manager and, and a staff member. So those are some examples of of the different learning modalities that, that we're exploring and trying to weave together into our learning offerings.
0: Yeah, I mean, Does that, that answer your question? Yeah, that answers a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But yeah, I mean, I, I love the way the conversation is going. In fact, uh, you know, uh, whenever I talk to LD professionals that uh, they keep juggling around with the different traditional methodologies that they use with L&D, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they've come way far from there. I mean, we are talking about VR here where you're uh, pretty much like you're, you're in your manager's shoes and you're uh, actually playing that role over there. I mean, it, it's come to a level where the interactivity has primed the entire content aspect right, I mean, from the baselines. So what do you think about that case? I mean, there's so many companies, so many organizations still sticking to the traditional uh, methodology of learning, right? But there's so much out there, right? How, how is that, how do you change that mindset?
1: Oh, that's really hard Nicole. call. Like, that's really hard. And, and the thing is, you get muscle memory and you get used to delivering information and facilitating conversations in a certain way. We all do, right? You know, I I personally love being in front of a a room and facilitating conversation live and in person. There's so much data that you get just from being able to see people's body language, you know, and their responses to different concepts that having to move to a digital space was really hard for me, honestly. And so I can absolutely empathize with those that are like, look, I've been creating articles for the last 20 years I'm creating articles and that's how I do my training program. Or I've, I've just done instructor-led training and we have spent millions of dollars on an in-person training facility. Like that's what we're doing. Don't tell me to do something else. But I think if anything, if there is a, if there is a bright side, if there is a silver lining to this past year, of global pandemic and social unrest and and all of the rest of the things that have really rocked our planet. I think it is that for the first time really in human history every single person on the planet has experienced the same thing at the same time. And when when can you say that? Like You just, that's not the kind of thing that you're able to say. And so it gives us a wonderful opportunity to lean in and say, we have had to put down our prior practices in order to be able to reach people digitally and connect with people digitally. Let's not lose that lesson, you know, as the world recovers from a pandemic. Let's not lose the awareness that we are gifted from those brave folks that are out there protesting and and bringing to our attention the very real and very important social issues that are present in our world. Let's, Let's say yes and, right? Let's lean into it and say, we have been masters at prior learning modalities and now we have an opportunity to get more comfortable with with these and if anything i think the more you lean into that the more you lean into new learning modalities the more they actually disappear and and you close the distance and you get actually a a closer more intimate more powerful inspiring connection with the people that you are trying to train than if you just stay with with one modality or, or one style, regardless of, of how used to it you are.
0: Yep. So everyone should just take that leap, right? Try it for themselves. It,
1: it take it, take it have the courage, you know, and I know that's really hard. It's jumping off a high dive, you know, but I think for, for those that have the ability and not everyone has the ability for those that have the resources and not everybody has the resources and not, not everyone has the support of of their companies to to try new things but in in my experience when you try it you will discover a whole section of your population that gets unlocked and all of a sudden has much better engagement than than you had before and and that also goes back to know your audience right so i'm not suggesting try vr just for vr's sake you know, or AR for AR sake. But if you are leaning into that connection and you are having that honest conversation with staff, wherever they are, and you ask, how do you consume information, right? Like if you're just learning something that you have an, a personal interest in learning, where do you go, right? And, and, and really take that in as a guide marker for the modalities that you should be adopting, you'll, you'll win. You'll, you'll be more successful. For us, it was, I go to YouTube for how-to videos, right? I listen to podcasts in the car, you know, our corporate headquarters is in Boston, not great traffic, not known for wonderful <laughs> traffic. So there's plenty of, of time in the car. That's, that's time that people are consuming information anyway. They're looking at YouTube anyway for the, for the small videos that tell them what they need. I don't need to know when you'll need it. You will know. I just need to know that whenever you do need it, it's easily accessible and
0: you can find it,
1: right? But leaning into that, I I think people will will find that it's not so
0: scary after you take the leap. Yep, take the leap, guys. That's, That's what it is. Right. All right. So I had one really interesting question for you. And it was something which you mentioned in the prior calls as well about unconscious bias training. Right. So yeah, I mean I, I add a quick read about it in Wikipedia. Uh, I'd love to understand a lot more from you, especially since there are two sides to it, right? People who love it and people who are still skeptical.
1: So I will I will preface this by saying I'm not an expert in the in the field at all. And we're very fortunate to have a diversity, equity, and inclusion team at PTC that that are the real experts. But what I would say is if there are things that you are doing in your life that are unconscious, and there are tons, there are tons of things that we do unconsciously every day, You know, there, there are days when, when back when I used to commute into a physical building, I might drive home and I might be thinking about other things and totally forget how I got home. Like I was just on autopilot, right? So we all do things unconsciously, but if, if those things are making others feel uncomfortable or not valuing them as, as we should, then it behooves you and it it behooves everybody to make those unconscious habits conscious so that you can work on them. And so at PTC, the, the concept of unconscious bias is really turning into a conversation around conscious inclusion and thinking proactively about when I walk into a room, physical or digital, Am I honoring everyone in the room? Am I being respectful of everyone in the room? Am I giving everyone in the room the, the chance to speak and have their ideas heard and honored? Even if you don't agree with those ideas or concepts, to recognize that everyone has a value in that room and to treat people as equals, I think is, is kind of the focus of, of where, we're, where we're going with that. And for me, again, as far as inspiring goes, like any sort of increase in your awareness of self, your awareness of others and your relationships with those is an increase in emotional intelligence. By by definition, it is, right? And if there is one thing that has been shown to have a direct correlation with your career, it's emotional intelligence. Ironically, it's not IQ. It's not personality. It's not any of these other things, right? It is literally the more emotional intelligence that you have, the better you will do in your career, regardless of role, regardless of career. And so this kind of work to increase awareness, I think really just benefits everyone, regardless of of background or history.
0: Yep, absolutely. I mean, reminds me of one of the you know groups that I had back in college and we call it EQ with IQ. So nice. Yeah. So I mean we had a lot of fun conversations there and yes, yeah, a lot of emphasis on emotional quotient and intelligence over there. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Well, and it takes it 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 takes a village, it takes a team, right? Because you're starting with something that you aren't conscious of, right? And so the only way To address something that you're doing unconsciously is to make it conscious, right? So you need to have an environment where people who are conscious of what you're doing feel comfortable and have the trust to actually raise it, right? It's like in public speaking classes that we offer. We actually have a clicker on on one terrible day. Nobody likes this day in public speaking class, but it's valuable. It's when you are speaking, you have unconscious crutch words that you use, right? So, you know, all of these things that that we say unconsciously as a way to give our brains more time to figure out what we actually do want to say. So in that class, when you use a crutch word, somebody in the class will click the the clicker and there'll be an auditory sound to let you know you just use a, a crutch word. And it's amazing how at the end of the class, 90% of crutch words are gone from everyone in that room because you have been able to make that transition from unconscious to conscious. And so my hope is that in going through some exercises on conscious inclusion, we can bring some of those things to light and then have an environment where people can give that clicker sound to biases that they, that they witness in in work and help everyone else grow in their
0: awareness. Yep. This, this has been really interesting. So Mark, you know, I, I have the closing session to the podcast and, you know, there's a few, there's a short rapid fire round and I just want cool. to just shoot some questions to you. So already- let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right. Okay. So the first one goes, what are your favorite books that you recommend to all who are listening to this podcast? And I know there's plenty on
1: the background, but yeah. I, I would say emotional intelligence 2.0 is a, is a good one to talk about emotional intelligence and everything we've just talked about. Servant leadership is is another good one to talk about the role of a leader on a team. As I think it was FDR that, that said, my job as a leader is to set the vision and say, thank you. And after that, it's to get out of the way, right? And then I would say... Oh boy, there are there are so many. <laughs> Anybody who hasn't read Harry Potter should probably read it just to know what the world is talking about. Find a, find a book or a magazine that you're interested in and, and that would be the book and magazine that I would recommend you read.
0: Yep, awesome. So then uh, the next question is, so as a thought leader in the space, um, I'm sure that many who you look up to as well. So who are they?
1: Oh I'm very fortunate that my boss my boss's boss and uh, my boss's boss's boss are all people that I really admire in the in the space. I would say Simon sinek is is a, a wonderful resource that I look up to I think his name is Sir Ken Richardson I think but he is also a, a TED speaker that talks about education in general and and how we can do a better job for our children And so many of those concepts are, are applicable to adult education as well, and then I would say the the last person is is my wife, who is a public school high school music art and drama teacher that teaches diversity through those concepts, and is an inspiration to me every day.
0: Awesome, and then yeah, here's a question on LND. So LND is yeah. constantly changing, right? So. What are the new technological editors uh, to L&D that you're really rooting for? I mean, I'm, I'm sure VR and AR comes there, but yeah, what are you really rooting for, for let's say at least the next two years? I am
1: really rooting for the AR glasses that, that can come out and be lightweight and can be low cost enough that we really can have, like everyone in a company have one, because I think we're not going to lose the, the concept of working remotely. and and being accessible, but the more we can give people the technology and also make it out of the way and easily consumable wherever you are, I think that will be an amazing leap forward for getting information to people in the flow of work when they need it.
0: Perfect. And the last question. So this is something that we ask all the guests in the podcast. So what is that one word or phrase that comes to your mind uh, when I say digital transformation and adoption?
1: It's a quote actually. It's, if I had more time, I'd write you a shorter letter. (laughs) And so I think with digital adoption, the the concept is as trainers and as educators, let's take the time to write a shorter letter because if we do, it will be more helpful to the people that we serve.
0: Yep. That's just perfect. So, well, um, guys, there we go. So we we have come to the end of yet another uh, episode of the digital adoption show. Um, once again, Mark, thanks a lot for joining on this podcast. This was fun and a lot of new things for me and the audience. to learn about. So before we close Mark up, it would be awesome if you could share how people could reach out to you and um, also some closing notes as such.
1: Absolutely. So I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. So please connect with me there. My email addresses are all there. So I would say find me on LinkedIn and and also Just thank you to all of your listeners for being interested in this topic, showing intellectual curiosity. And in case no one has said it today, thank you so much for all you do.
0: Thanks, Mark. That's Mark Namath, guys. Thanks to everyone who is listening to this podcast now. And stay tuned to the Digital Adoption Show for more great content and some really incredible speakers. So have a great one. Thank you.